0: Okay, WhatsApp is off. I am recording and let's go. Hello. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. Today is going to be a tale of two halves. So I'm going to focus a little bit more on mindset to start with and then I've got a very, very practical Q&A after. So if you're here for the good questions and you want the answers, skip to that bit. But until then, I'm just going to do a little bit of the... of mindset focus first of all let's hear from our sponsor today's podcast is sponsored by muse activewear if you've been following absolutely any of my social media content of late you'll have seen i've fallen hook line and sinker for this brand Muse Activewear provides the highest quality athleisure wear for the ambitious, inspired female. Whether you're hitting the gym, dressing up to meet the girls for lunch, or simply want to feel amazing while well, we spend that little bit more time at home at the moment, there's something in the range you will absolutely love. I've literally lived in Muse since I first came across the brand. Everything's designed in the most gorgeous, muted colour palette, the detailing's really simple and elegant, and I can absolutely confirm that it's both as buttery soft as it looks and can testify it's completely squat-proof. The chance to get involved with Muse was a no-brainer for me and the fact that they're doing great things all from their Glasgow base was the absolute cherry on top. You can currently get 10% off your Muse order via the link in my Instagram bio and absolutely any questions you may have about any of the products or sizing etc I'd be more than happy to answer. Thank you Muse as ever for sponsoring the podcast. I'm currently bundled up in my biggest Snuggliest, coziest muse hoodie, and I probably will be until March. So let's buckle down for the winter. Eh? Um, right, tailor two halves today. I'm going to go mindset focused and then we'll do Q&A. So, to start with, I want to talk about how your positive self talk and how the framing of the situation that you currently find yourself in is the secret to your dieting success. How you're thinking about what you're doing. Is what you need to nail your diet what you focus on expands and what you focus on what you give your attention to that really really matters it's totally underestimated and it really does matter as i say don't worry we'll we'll go into questions after Uh, first of all a little bit of news what has been going on the last few weeks goal setting with every single one of my clients, every single one of my online clients, we have spent a lot of time over the last few weeks talking about goal setting. And this actually feeds really well into this podcast, so bear with me. I noticed in last week's check-ins the transition and the change and the degree of focus that everyone really brought to those check-ins because we're talking so in such a concrete way about the goals that you've set and that you're working towards and by the way there's a reason that it's the first thing that your check-in now asks you what's your goal I want that to be in the forefront of your mind when you're filling out this form I want it to be a weekly reminder that you literally you write down every single week this is my goal this is what I'm doing about it this is how I'm going to get there and by actually like just the iterative process of writing it out or copying pasting it having it right there at the forefront of your check-in and then filling out all the rest of it in response to that, I think is such such an important headspace to get into. And thank all of you for putting in so much effort into your goal setting. And it really did show this week when I was reading through them, it was like this renewed energy working towards something. And I think at this time of the year, that's an amazing thing to be. It's so, so easy when it's getting darker, in the evenings when it's not light in the mornings before you go into the gym etc it's really really easy to metaphorically and literally roll over and just say ah oh, yeah yeah I'll deal with this later um, but no it's it's all it's lit, in, lit it's ignited something in so many of you that's given you this extra drive and that was an amazing thing to sit down and read on on Monday and, and on Friday there. It's something stupid, like nine weeks until Christmas, something like that. So if you are looking to make a change, now is the time to do it. That's a perfect window of opportunity, not too long, not too short, very tangible in order to to see results. And I would really urge anyone, irrespective if you are a current online client client of mine, not to be sitting on the, oh, I'll wait until after Christmas headspace. Nine weeks is a long time. Nine weeks is a long time. If you pursue something and if you work your ass off, you can see results in that time. Jesus, ask the girls that are prepping for the photo shoot. They will tell you. Um, so yeah, I would strongly encourage everyone to continue to work towards their goals, who I have spoken to and who's under my wings, so to speak. But also if that's not you, it's not too late to be making and implementing something towards the end of the year and start your 2022 off on the right foot not this constant and you know ever revolving door of oh next year I'll do this next year no do it now do it now. right let's get into this positive framing and the effects to your dieting outcomes this is why the goals come really nicely into this because to start with you have to have a really really clear understanding knowledge And drive to go somewhere and to know where you are going. Okay. I think that is the first thing. You have to know the direction that you are going in. You're standing at a crossroads with infinite roads that you could go down. You need to know which one you want to. What is your goal at the moment? What direction are we going in? Is it fat loss? Is it maintenance? Is it strength? Is it for an event? Is it for another pursuit? Whatever that may be make that decision and have it and make it something that you intrinsically care about so deeply that gives you this drive that is your absolute fuel to your fire you need something that you really really care about that you want to get up in the morning and pursue that you it would mean so much to you to achieve it might be something that currently quite upsets you that the thought of you know not having this thing or feeling that you will never get them maybe it's quite an emotive thing at the moment because you care so deeply about it you need to know where you are going that actually makes things an awful lot easier I know it seems like an awful lot of effort and it can be scary to make a goal because you might fail well, nothing good ever came from comfort zones and all that. Sure. But it actually, once you spend the time and the energy and the effort doing that, it actually makes the process a hell of a lot easier because it becomes a lot more black and white. So you can literally say to yourself, is this goal in line? Is this decision in line with my goals? Yes or no? Is eating this going to help me towards my goal? Yes or no? Is doing this gym session going to help me towards my goal? Yes or no? Is saying yes? to this occasion but no to this one in line with my goals yes or no ask anyone who has done a photo shoot who's getting prepped for a wedding anything like that. their outcome their deadline their finish it's so strong they care about it so deeply that it actually becomes relatively the girls who are prepping at the moment are going to be like shut up shut up but it becomes relatively then easy to say no to things because it's just simply not in line with what you're doing. I remember, must have, been, must have been this time last year, I was due to have a shoot in December and there was a couple of months whereby it was just the way that the kind of meal plan fell, but I know so many of you go, "Oh at this. My Friday night meal was always smoked fish, a poached egg and wilted spinach. I know, culinary dreams right there. But Friday night was also the night that my parents, I was living at home at the time, they used to have a, a takeaway. And it was very often, you know, like Indian, Chinese, whatever it might be. And I remember weeks on end having my dinner when this takeaway arrived or it was brought in or whatever. And sincerely, I mean this hand on heart, it did not faze me at all. And that, by the way, is not because I have some sort of willpower of steel. Nothing like that at all. It was just because it was so clear cut. It was like, no, actually having that is not going to help me towards my goals. Having this that I have right in front of me is, but it's the framing. It's the way that you think about it. If you went into that, let's just use this scenario. If you went into that evening thinking, oh my God, tonight, you know, I've got to have this and they're going to have that. And I really want that. And it smells so good. And it's this, it's this. And if you focus on the being deprived of that or that will expand in your own mind that will make you miserable resentful that will if you focus on that that's really nice that we're going to sit down and you know they're going to enjoy that let's catch up on the week I'm having this food that's in line with my goals I'm going to feel great tomorrow for training etc if you focus on that that is what will expand in your in your headspace and that's just a, a very kind of an example but I think it really hones in this thought that this positive framing can really help your your attention and and what you're focusing on and we've all done this before and the classic one is always if you buy a new car say for instance you buy a, a red Audi you know maybe now all you see on the road are red Audis you just notice them all the time say for instance you become vegan or you've decided to uh, maybe maybe you have decided to become vegan <laughs> maybe net then you become really in tune with certain social media posts maybe they jump out at you you become really hypercritical of menus or food labeling you start to check food labels more you scan menus more for the vegan options you start to you know wonder more about why there's not more of them you know all these things what you focus on will then start to to take up more attention in your brain if you've ever split up with someone have you ever noticed this that you then start to notice more things around you that are connected to them we've all been there we've all cried at that song like it happens it's totally normal but these are good examples have nothing to do with fat loss but the same thing good or bad what focuses on will grow arms and legs and consumes more space in your mind just be aware of this So essentially, if you go into that gym session or into the week thinking, oh, those gym sessions are going to be hard. Oh, I'm going to have to get up. Oh, even that is not helping. That really, really, really is not helping you. And that's before God, the week normally throws curveballs here, there, and everywhere that have nothing to do with you. If you're not in the right place to kind of accept that, if you're not in a great headspace, it can all just seem like an awful lot. I found some quotes and these have absolutely nothing to do with fat loss. Actually, they have to do with productivity. If you've ever read Deep Work by Cal Newport, I'm really enjoying it. Um, this actually do with productivity, but like most things, you can relate it to fat loss. And this was what actually got my brain spinning about this because it's so, so, so true. The skillful management of attention is the sine qua non, all these French lessons in Canada, sorry. The skillful management of attention is the sine qua non of the good life and the key to improving virtually every aspect of your experience. Another one, who you are, what you think, feel, do, and what you love is the sum of what you focus on. I'm sure there's another one. This page is now chewed because uh, we got it. This one, this is so true. The idle mind is the devil's workshop. When you lose focus, your mind tends to fix on what could be wrong with your life instead of what's right. How true is that? Like you spill something and you go, oh my God, my life's over. This, 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 this. And it's all just triggered by the fact that you spilled some coffee on your white top. The world will not stop turning. Anyway, it just really got my mind focused on my own thought patterns, what I was thinking about, how positive was my framing during the day, how, you know, I know a lot of people go on about gratitude and it's, but you don't have to write it down. You don't have to do the six minute diary. You don't have to do just focusing your mind on, on the positive things. And more and more, I notice the success in clients when they start to focus on the things they can do, not the excuses. And by the way, these might be absolutely minuscule, You might be going through someone's check-in and they're pulling out wins that seem absolutely teeny, teeny, tiny. That actually, the fact that they're smaller is more significant because they're looking so hard for these micro wins and these silver linings under what could be a pile of shit. Like it could be an absolute shitter of the week on the surface but they're actually sitting down to the extent where they're saying, do you know what? (laughs) All of this was crap, but this, 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 and this. And to me, that just screams someone who is looking to pursue, not even just positivity, but they're just looking to pursue an outcome. It's, you know, like it's the things that are really, really simple, like getting sessions in, even though, you know, you're going to be away all weekend you're not going to say, fuck it, I'm not going to train this weekend, this week, because, you know, I'm having a big weekend. No, it's getting those sessions in. It's things like keeping your diet on track, even though you're self-isolating and you might have COVID. You know, it's, it's surrounding yourself with the positive habits, even when people around you aren't, or when they're giving you a hard time, or so-and-so has bought, you know, all the crap from the shop that has nothing to do with your goals, or isn't going to help your goals. But, you are being positive and you're implementing habits that you know are going to serve you rather than caving into into these things so finding those little micro wins throughout the week I find clients the more and more that they work with me and the more that we have a little bit of trial and error about things that have you know serve them well versus things that you know they perhaps might want to avoid or limit or mitigate completely the longer that i work with clients they they start to gain up a gain a good idea of the things that help them or the aid to their success and this might be things like you know getting up early and getting the workouts in pre-planning meals in advance you know doing one food shop and not topping up during the week maybe limiting alcohol intake you know or going to bed on time all of these things that through a little bit of trial and error and the time that we work together they build up a good idea of the habits that have helped them get to their success and I would urge you to go to absolute town And focus on these things allow them to expand and become absolutely huge in your life and they might be really really simple things like being around like-minded people you know going on our facebook group a little bit more and reading the posts that people are writing and you know engaging with positive things rather than you know sitting and reading shite on the daily mail like whatever you do filtering the content that you're taking in on instagram only to include pages that you that you want to and that make you feel good or like listening to inspiring things this podcast hopefully on that list or you know just focusing on getting an early night on getting up in the morning if that works for you focus on it and do it and do more of it and think about it as these are the things I get to do because they work for me rather than the things I have to do it's so subtle but it's so so significant and catch yourself train yourself to be like "Hmm, probably not thinking about this the best way Hmm, let's flip this do it and do it more and more regularly do it often practice it implement it (laughs) (laughs) that's me i promise that's the ram over let's go into the questions okay um some of these are super super practical some of them are very specific So um, I'm really enjoying my new program. I'm loving that there's cardio in each day and I'm starting to really enjoy cardio. My only question is when doing bicep curls, I find I can get a good number of reps with the 10 kilos, but I feel when I pick up the 15, I'm unable to do this. Any tips on how to get this sorted? Yeah, it's a big jump on the old biceps, isn't it? The 10 to the 15. You can make up, and I know the context of this uh, gym, we don't have, those lovely middle of the road 12.5 bars that I know a lot of gyms have, but fortunately you can make up 12.5 as equivalent in studio bars. So I know the pre-weighted come in 10 and 15s, but you can jump into the functional area and pop the two grays on either side. That's going to give you 10 and then two little black ones at 1.25 will give you the 12.5 bar. You could practice with that the other thing that you might want to do is you might not be able to do it say for instance just now you can do 12 reps at the 10 kilos but when you pick up the 15 it's just not happening why don't you set yourself up so that the 15 and the 10 are in front of you you might be able to do like three reps at the 15 and then you drop down to the 10 then maybe next week you might do four reps at the 15 and you drop to the 10 and complete the rest build it up that way I think I've generally talk to people about progressing their press-ups in a similar way so say for instance you can only do one full press-up brilliant do nine on your knees then next week let's do two full press-ups eight on your knees that kind of really steady progression and just making sure that we're always looking um, to pursue um, a little bit more and progress your weight training there's other things you can do as well like um you know, negative, so eccentric, which is really, really slow. So you could use the 10, but slow the reps right down as you're lowering, which makes it super, super hard. But to be honest, I would try either with the 12.5 made up bar or do this jumping between the 15 and the 10 just to allow you to, to build up. Question here. This question, the context of it was surrounding a leg extension. And it was essentially, Applying progressive overload, but when progressive overload gets to the point where going too heavy then compromises range. So this particular client was able to progress her leg extension, but she found when things were getting too heavy that she then wasn't able to lift the the pad essentially of the leg extension to, to full range. And at that point, when you're missing that real squeeze of the quads at the top, progressive overload is then kind of i would suggest that you cap the weights essentially so that you are still getting that squeeze at the top and you're not doing these kind of half arst or mid-range reps a very heavy weight but because you're not managing to get that squeeze of the quads at the top it becomes slight becomes less effective so what I would do in that instance is stay at a weight where you're making sure you get that full range of motion um, and only once you can really complete kind of 12 to 15 reps at that given weight then look to then push the weight up again but um, if it's getting to the point where you cannot really bring that pad up very high, then yes, good indication that that weight is too heavy. And we're talking about a leg extension here, but that could be the case for for every exercise really. If you are seeking progressive overload to the point where you can no longer perform that exercise with great form, then we kind of go into the realms of ego lifting and we want to kind of, that's for the boys, that's for the boys. Um, Another question, what can I do on rest days? So the context of this was, I'm enjoying my plan, but I want to do more. What can I do on rest days? And I answered this question in a very long and involved video, but I would explain it to every client in a similar fashion. I totally understand the novel. They want to speed up your results. I totally, totally understand it. Understand from my perspective that trying to speed up your results, trying to make things happen faster is probably very likely. I'm going to say 99% sure that that's the reason that you haven't gotten the results or been able to sustain your results from previous dieting or training protocols because you've tried to speed up the process too much. I'm not trying to dampen your enthusiasm. I'm not trying to put the reins on you. I'm not trying to stop you progressing. What I'm trying to do is keep you adherent for a longer period of time. And keeping you adherent for that longer spell is gonna mean that your results are one, they're more achievable, but they also will last longer. You're putting in better habits over a longer period of time. If you turn around to me and you said, Caroline, I'm really enjoying my training, but I want something else to do on rest days. And I said, yeah, brilliant, right? You're gonna do this, 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 this. This is feeding. This would be me feeding that previous dieting mentality and that didn't serve you so let's try a different way your training is set up in a way that it's dispersed as evenly as possible during the week there are rest days included because I want you giving absolutely everything that you have to the training days that I've set you I don't necessarily need you to do it anymore I need you to do what I've set you to the absolute best of your ability to give it 100 percent and if on rest days you're chomping at the bit to get back into the gym or to do more exercise amazing you're going to be doing it the next day so great go for it use that time rest days specifically to focus on other things being organized food prep getting steps in managing life admin managing all of these kind of things on rest days gives you more freedom to then train on the days where it's been prescribed and programmed for you. Think about it that way. So although maybe you dealing with your taxes on a rest day is not something I would do. Do you dealing with your taxes doesn't feel like it's indicative to your fat loss process. What freeing up that time means that you can then do is that you could potentially go and train the next day and you've got no distractions whatsoever. Or you know, getting the food shop done and making sure that you're prepped on your rest day, which is a tactic I use a lot. Sometimes I will actually suggest to ladies not to train on certain days, but to focus their attention on on the food prep and that sort of things, because as we know, that's where a lot of fat loss happens. So I would rather more attention was paid to the diet side of things rather than you know potentially we've all done it before, where we prep on a Sunday and then we get to Wednesday and we go, oh shit, I just run out of food. Well. Mm. That's Thursday, Friday out the window. Like we've all been there. Sometimes I'd rather you spend a day during the week recouping again and getting everything ready to go so that you're covered for the second portion of the week. And that's something that I love to do because as we know, sticking to your nutritional targets Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday is not going to serve you longer term if you're eating crap for the other four days. So I do understand the want to do more, but nine times out of 10, I'm going to say no. And it's not because I'm trying to, as I say, dampen your enthusiasm. I love it, but I want you to be this enthusiastic in six months' time. So I hope that makes it clear. Right. The next section, I put a little um, post on the old um, socials and asked what the biggest struggles were in regards to nutrition. So this is what came back. Just very, very simply, snacks. Snacks. And when people tell me that they struggle with snacking, my first port of call is generally to look at the size of their actual meals or to ask you to do an exercise whereby if you are calorie tracking, look at how many calories are allocated to your meals versus your snacks. Sometimes it'll be 50-50. Sometimes people end up actually eating more in snacks than they do as actual meals. And it serves as correct that you would be reaching for things quite often because your actual meals aren't very substantial so that would be the first place that I would um that I'd look at the other thing would be kind of habitual behavior so very often people will say oh after I've had dinner I really want something sweet there's nothing inherently wrong with that but it's just recognizing whether that's a habit or whether it's an actual want, and they're they're slightly different. So that is another thing to consider. Other struggles, variety of veggies, always sticking to the same every single week slash the same combinations. Yeah, this can get, it can be really, really easy to just get stuck in the same routine. And what I will generally do is I'll switch out just two every week, and just kind of put things on rotation. And it sounds really, really simple. But you're going up and down your veggie aisles, right? There's literally, there is only so much that we can choose. um. So I tend to just rotate two veggies out. I've got my staples and then every single week, I'll just add in two extras and rotate out and do it that way. The other way that you could do it is seasonally. So if you're going down the route where you want to be eating, you know, kind of locally, seasonally, etc., then obviously different times of the year, there are um, certain vegetables will tend to, be in favor or be I'm not a gardener I know absolutely well but you know what it's like when it's around about this time there's lots of root veggies aren't there it's all very wholesome and full of fiber so that would be something to consider as well just keeping an eye out in your local supermarkets of what seems to be on rotation I know people get these gorgeous like farm boxes full of like muddy straight out the ground veggies they look lovely yeah I don't do that I do generally stick to the same ones and just swap them out. Um, Struggles, cooking for the family and fitting that into the plan. For this, I tend to think keeping it simple, like most things in life, is is potentially the best way to approach this. I'm breaking it down in terms of carbs, proteins, veggies, etc. So as a family, even if you're not necessarily eating the same meals, I know, I know, I know that, you know, kids can be incredibly fussy, that you have, you know, different requirements throughout the family, et cetera, et cetera. What it might be a useful thing to do is to break it down into, okay, what are we all going to have as a protein source? Are we all going to have chicken? Are we all going to have fish? Are we all going to have, you know, whatever you happen to be having beef or anything, whatever you're having as your protein source, mail that. Maybe it's dressed up slightly depending on, you know, whether the kids will eat certain sauces or whatever, but as a protein source and as a family, you're all going to eat the same thing. Same thing with your carbohydrates. Like maybe one night you're all having potatoes. Maybe one night you're all having pasta and simplify it in that way. So that once you've nailed that protein source and that carbohydrate source, like I say, maybe... And I know in this context, you're, you eat with your partner slightly later in the evening as well. So it's not even as you're eating as a family. Maybe you guys are having a combination of that in the evening that's a little bit different. The kids eating earlier, they're having the same carbs and protein. They're just dressing up slightly differently. So in terms of prep for you, it makes it slightly easier because you're not making potentially three or four different meals. You're making the same spine or backbone of the meal but it just potentially looks different for whoever is having it and struggles with diet I have a sweet tooth nothing inherently wrong with that I think it's just knowing when those cravings occur potentially whether it be at different times during the month or different times during the day when those cravings are likely to occur and how you're going to address them maybe this is TMI I know when my period is due because I get an absolute like I need to have Diet Coke in my mouth like I get this need to have like this sweet like I don't know what it is it's just this and it's almost like that all right yeah yeah that's what's going on it's having things up your sleeve so that when that attack of the cravings occurs you're not caught out and you can you can practice behaviors that are in line with your goals so, you know, easy things would be kind of like, let's say, maybe sugar-free drinks or really low calorie sweets, snacks, fruit is another one. Maybe, again, we talked about this previously, maybe it's habitual. Maybe you do have a sweet tooth, but maybe a lot of that is also habit formation and you're used to having things at certain times and there might be different ways to curb or address that, which is worth considering. Um, struggles, uh, Lower carb. This one says lower carb slash higher protein, comma, sweet breakfast. I don't know if these are two different struggles, as in trying to get lower carb and higher protein and then just sweet breakfast. When it comes to lower carb and higher protein, this takes a wee bit of getting used to. Uh, this is something I will very often do with clients when we're just if we're going a little bit more in depth with what's going on, and um, particularly around their training windows, etc. We will sometimes look at the proportion of uh, protein and carbohydrates. I do protein quite a lot, um, just because it's a staple. Like I like to keep it simple with calories and a protein target. It's very very manageable to do that. As I say, sometimes if we're going a little bit more in depth, we'll then start to look at carbohydrate intake when it comes to balancing those planning is pretty much key it's like when you first learned calorie track don't expect to get it right straight away but you can do a hell of a lot to actually improve your chances of hitting your calorie target you know my mantra on this just do it the night before do it the morning off like you know what food's in your fridge that's it's not a surprise it's not like you open it and oh fuck oh it's all changed like you know what's in there you can plan and you, you won't get it right first time. But what planning in advance allows you to do is actually pop the numbers in and tweak as need be. So say, for instance, you end up having, you know, 250 grams of carbs. You like, oh, that's a lot and 50 grams of protein. Well, you can probably say straight off the bat that that needs to be adjusted slightly and doing it the night before allows you to do that. General rule of thumb, though, if you're having a protein source with every meal. That's a pretty good place to start. And then for your carbohydrates, focus your carbohydrates around your workout window. So pre and post-workout. The third meal, you may not have to have a carb source or it's not going to be a dominant carb source, put it that way. So say for instance, if you train in the evening, potentially your carb and proteins, your carb sources are going to be in your lunch and your uh, evening meal. Breakfast, you know, really need necessarily a carb source in that meal if you're trying to reduce them so it'd just be something to consider and just the comment here sweet breakfast as in struggles struggles to find sweet breakfast struggles with sweet breakfast I don't personally like sweet breakfast only because they tend to make me then want sweet things throughout the rest of the day more of a savory gal um so it's, it's oats but it's like oats and banana and peanut butter maybe that is sweet maybe that but um, nothing too like I think I've had pancakes first in the morning I'd be wanting sugary goodness all day and the last one struggles just just pizza that's all it said I hear you I really really do it's the ultimate struggle and the last question it's very specific um it was about how pasta never t- I can't find the exact question you know who you are the question was Pasta, what, how do you know if it's dry versus if it's cooked and what the calories are? Because the particular pasta that this client had didn't specify. But I looked on mine and it did. So what we can typically equate it to is 80 grams of dry pasta typically produces 180 of cooked pasta, which equals 280 calories. Easy. 80 dry produces 180 cooked which is 280, 80, 180, 280. Just keep that in your head, work to that. So um, obviously the reason that it's, they say typically produces is as you cook pasta, it'll suck in the water and it depends how much uh, surface area your pasta has as to how much water it sucks in. So it may be slightly different, but keep that in your head. 80 gram dry, 180 cooked, 280 calories. Mm, boom, boom. That's it. You will be so relieved to know that is it. So the podcast has been back with a bang. This is the fourth one in a month. I know I'm absolutely as shocked as you are. I love doing them. And the amount of comments that I get in check-ins, particularly actually like, I listen to you say this on the podcast or, so it's good to hear and I will continue to do them. But as ever, I would prefer that they were, of topics or along the lines of things that you found really, really useful and that either were very thought provoking and got your old gray matter ticking or so practical that you're like, yeah, actually I can go and do that right away. So any feedback that you have in regards to what you find most useful is genuinely really appreciated. And I always, always forget to say this, but if you can do me the biggest and most wholehearted favor in the world, if you could screenshot, and share this or maybe you've got a friend who loves pasta send it to them or yeah it would be really really helpful for me and the podcast and yeah be great if we could get some new people listening to to what we do because you're all getting such brilliant results and it would be um, wonderful to share a little bit more about what we do with more people so on that note, I will love you and leave you, I will be back next week, or I might be on someone else's podcast next week, if I am, holy hell, I was, well, it was meant to be today, I'm so excited about it already, honestly, I'm so, so excited about it, it's like, almost like one of my, um, uh, bucket list goals, I'll tell you more about it next week, so, um, I will leave you, have a wonderful, wonderful week, and we will catch up very soon.